Welcome, friends. Welcome to another edition of Sounds Like Radio. Welcome. I am your humble host for these little excursions into radio's past and into our wonderful world of music. Today, from April 19th, 1950, well, my friends, what you're about to listen to on this Great Gildersleeve is a very special episode of the Great Gildersleeve as this is a rather sensitive episode because this is one of the very, very few times when you actually get to hear about Leroy and Marjorie's mother. Very rarely mentioned. I think only this might be the only time or maybe you've mentioned once before, but Leroy's mother and Marjorie's mother was Gildersleeve's younger sister. And in this episode, Marjorie wants to wear for the wedding her wedding, she wants to wear her mother's wedding dress, but they can't find it, so Gildy goes up to the attic, and he looks for it, he can't find it, but he does find a note that Marjorie's mother left behind, and, uh, well, I'm going to let you listen to the show, it's a very, very nice program, very well acted, and one of the few were you actually get to hear about Gildersleeve's sister, Marjorie, and Leroy's mother, and a very nice episode. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Well, it's all about a wedding dress, and how about with wedding dresses, you got to have a golden ring. Here's Peggy Lee. can sing a song like Peggy Lee and uh, she does those very nice tender songs I think the very best 
the great Peggy Lee and the gold wedding ring. Yeah, I think you might like to know that was from an album called Seashells, a very interesting album. Seashells was the name of the album, came out in the 1950s. Let's see if I have a date on that. Yeah, I do. 1958 is the date of the album, if I can read it. Very small print. Uh, uh, anyway, that was a good song. I like that. Yeah, this show's about wedding rings, wedding gowns, mainly about finding a wedding gown from Marjorie, finding her mother's wedding gown, because even though they're looking for a wedding gown, I don't know whether Marjorie has her wedding ring uh, plans set, but Frank Fontaine, he's here. Frank, come on in here. Hey, Joe. Hey, Frank. It's good to see you. Crazy Guggenheim. I, you know, I never know which one to call you, Crazy or Frank. I kind of go by crazy when I'm on the program here. So, if I'm outside walking down the street and you see me, then you can call me Frank. Oh, okay. All right. I got it straight now, Frank. I mean, Crazy. Now, this is a show we've got on the Great Deal of Sleeve about Marjorie and a wedding dress. You know, she's planning out this wedding. Yeah, who about that? I wonder if I got my invitation yet. Well, I think she sent out the invitations. Uh, maybe yours got lost in the mail. Yeah, maybe it did. Well, I could still sing a song about it. Like what? Well, weddings, wedding rings. Uh, I don't know any songs about wedding gowns, but how about an old wedding ring? Yeah, how about that song you once sang? It's called, When Your Old Wedding Ring Was New. You know what? I like that song. Maybe when Marjorie hears me sing it, I'll get an invitation. Well, you never can tell. Let's listen to it now. Here's Crazy Guggenheim and When Your Old Wedding Ring Was New. Okay, Joe. Here I go. <coughs> That's right. Clear your throat, Crazy.
That was real nice, crazy. Thanks, Joe. I always liked that song. When your old wedding ring was new. That's what it was called. I hope you liked it. Okay, everybody. I'll see you next time with more songs. All right, crazy. Thanks for stopping by. Ah, there goes crazy. Right out the door. You know, along with gold wedding rings and wedding rings when they're new and when they're old. Marjorie's looking for a wedding dress. I hope they don't forget to have orange blossoms. Yeah, orange blossoms. They're always nice to have at a wedding. Number one, they give the place a real nice scent. Gail Storm, my little Marjorie herself. Quite a singer she was. And she has a great song she sings called Orange Blossoms. Here is Gail Storm on Sounds Like Radio. Orange blossoms, sweet orange blossoms, they were not meant for me. Once you loved me, and when we quarreled, I walked out. But pride wouldn't let me run back to you And you soon forgot me and found someone new She's so lucky and you're so A wedding there will be While you'll have your orange blossoms There'll be weeping willows for me
blossoms for you, but misery for her. <laughs> Cheer up, Gail. Go find yourself an orange blossom, and you won't have to be miserable. Ah, I like that song. Gail Storm. I really like Gail Storm. She was so good as My Little Margie. I like that show. It's a funny show, too. And uh, actually, it's getting more play on TV now than it ever has before. There's a there's a station or a cable channel called Living. I think that's the name of it, Living. But they play the My Little Margie series once a week, and they play several episodes starting at midnight. So it's sort of a, a binge of My Little Margie. And it's a funny show, so if you can catch it on that cable channel called Living, uh, I think you're going to like it. Or you can probably find it on the Internet, too, I'm sure. Well, friends, it's time we got to the Great Gildersleeve from April 19, 1950. And friends, this is a very special and sensitive episode where well acted by the great Harold Perry. Well acted. And I think you're really going to like this one. Let's listen now to the Great Gildersleeve on Sounds Like Radio. The Kraft Foods Company, makers of Kraft Quality Foods, presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the wonderful new Kraft Deluxe Slices everybody's talking about. Have you discovered this marvelous new way to buy cheese in slices at your food store? Kraft Deluxe Slices are different from any sliced cheese you've ever had in your life before. They're perfect slices, cut, wrapped, and sealed by Kraft. A little later on, I'll tell you all about the amazing new Kraft Deluxe Slices. Well, three weeks from today, the great Gildersleeve's niece, Marjorie, is to be married. And things are beginning to move at a fast tempo around the water commissioner's house. By George, I love a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Bertie? Are you home? Am I home? No, Bertie, I'm still at the office. Well, when you get home, there's something... Hey, you here. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Gillsleeve, are you spoofing me? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What is it, Bertie? The wedding invitations just came. Oh, they did? Yes, so here they are, all engraved. Well, good. And here's the bill. Let's see. Oop. It must be engraved in solid gold. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's open them up, huh? Bring, Marjorie's wedding invitations, Leroy. Yeah, let me see them. How many are there? Well, we ordered about 200. Yes, sir. Everybody in Summerfield wants to see Miss Marjorie married. 200? Gosh, they'll have to put bleachers in the church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone we send invitations to isn't supposed to attend the wedding, Leroy. They're just supposed to send presents. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Gilsey's gonna get his money back somehow. <laughs> That's right, Bertie. <laughs> Let me see what the invitation says. Don't handle them, Leroy. We don't want strawberry jam all over them. Okay. Hmm. Feel that engraving. It says, uh, Mr. Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, that's me, 
Request the honor of your presence at the marriage of his niece, Marjorie. That's Marge. <laughs> to Mr. Walter J. Thompson. That's Bronco. Yes. <laughs> On Wednesday, the 10th of May. What's going on, Anki? Your wedding invitations just arrived, my dear. Oh, they did? Yeah, you're going to get married May 10th. <laughs> I know, Leroy. Gosh, just think, Marge, in three weeks you'll be a ball and chain. Yeah, Leroy? Here's <laughs> a bride, fair, fat, and wide. Oh, stop it, Leroy. See how she waddles from side to side. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't you worry, my dear. You won't waddle going down the aisle. I wonder if I will. Bronco will be here in a minute. I can't wait for him to see the invitations. They look terribly expensive, Auntie. Hey, why does the bride have to pay for everything? Ah, very elementary, my boy. If the groom had to pay, he wouldn't have enough left to start housekeeping. You know, I'm afraid this is just the beginning, Uncle Mort. Oh? There'll have to be a cake and things for the reception. Well, I've been putting a little aside for that. Oh, then there'll be the flowers for the church. Yeah, we need plenty of flowers. And an organist and a soloist. Hmm. Say, why don't I save some money and sing the solo myself? <laughs> I could run around behind the church in time to take you down the aisle. Sure, you could use my bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Unky. All right, I just hope my money holds out. Oh, and that isn't all, Uncle Mort. There's more? Well, we have to furnish dresses for the bridesmaids. Zeke. I wonder if I'm eligible for the Marshall Plan. <laughs> uh, well, at least we won't have to buy your wedding dress. Anki, uh? are you sure Mother's dress is here? No, it must be. Well, Bertie and I have searched the attic, and if it's here, it must be in that old trunk of yours. Yeah, I guess so. Come on, Marjorie, let's go up and find it, huh? Yeah. Oh, that must be Bronco. I can't go now, Anki. Why not? Bring Bronco along. He can move the trunk. Uncle Mort, the groom can't see the bride's dress before the wedding. Oh? Oh, for corn's sake. The groom doesn't do nothing. He doesn't pay for nothing. He don't even have to look at nothing. You <laughs> are. <laughs> That's it, Leroy. Now, if I can just squeeze past Aunt Hattie's dress form. Pardon me, Aunt Hattie. <laughs> Made it. She's getting bigger every year. Where's the key, Unc? I've got it. <laughs> Hinges are kind of rusty. Sounds just like Judge Hooker getting up off the bench. <laughs> All right, my boy. More. <laughs> hey, what's this tied with a blue ribbon? One of Marge's curls? Oh, no, that's not quite the right color. I imagine it's yours. Mine? That sissy curl? Of course. You're a very cute little boy, Leroy. <laughs> Here's a note pinned to it. Yeah? Throckmorton's curl at age five. <laughs> Guess you are pretty cute, too, Ugg. <laughs> Never mind, Leroy. Let's look for the wedding dress. What color is it, Uncle? White and lacy. Let's see. Boxes. My old fur mittens. A comic valentine. <laughs> look at that, Leroy. <laughs> well, I guess it's not in this trunk. Oh, here's a picture of your mother wearing the dress, though. Yeah? Yeah. This was taken on her wedding day. <sighs> My little sister. Gosh, she's pretty. Yeah. And Marjorie's just like her. What's this? Oh, a letter she wrote when she sent me the picture. Look at that postmark. June 17th, 1929. 
1929? Gosh, I wasn't even born yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Leroy. Let's see what the letter says. She wrote better than me and Marge, didn't she? Yeah, beautiful hand. Dear Throckmorton, I thought you'd like to have a picture of your sister on the happiest day of her life. Marge feels the same way. Why does everybody feel so happy when they get married? Now, Leroy, I'm reading your mother's letter. Oh, sure. I suppose we won't see each other for a long, long time. But I keep telling myself, our family isn't breaking up. I'm just starting a new one. Charles and I want two boys and two girls. Well, she had one boy and one girl. You and Marjorie, Leroy. Yeah. Let's see what else she says. It'll be the joy of my life to watch my children grow up and see them as happily married as I am. Gosh, did Mother say that? Yeah, she did. What's the matter, Unc? Nothing, my boy. Marge, I've got our honeymoon trip all figured out. I drew a map on this piece of paper. Yellowstone Park, Grand Canyon, a package of cheese... No, Marge. Now, that part is Mother's grocery list. And the map is down below. Oh, Bronco. Yeah. I can't wait until May 10th. Marjorie! In the living room, Anki. Oh, Bronco, you'll have to go. Uncle Mort's coming with my wedding dress. Gee, the groom sure gets pushed around. Just a minute, Anki. Bronco isn't supposed to see it. Oh, hello, Bronco. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Marjorie, I couldn't find your mother's dress. It wasn't in your trunk? No, Leroy and I searched everywhere. Oh. That's too bad, Marge. Yeah. Look, Bronco. Marjorie would look just like this. Is this a picture of her mother? Mm-hmm. Isn't that a beautiful dress, Bronco? Why, it looks almost exactly like one I saw at Hogan Brothers. You saw a dress like this, my dear? Yes, in the Oval Room, Unky. Oval Room? Guess I haven't been there. The only rooms I've been at Hogan Brothers were square. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very funny, Mr. Gildersleeve. (laughs) He's going to be a fine (laughs) son-in-law. It had a neckline like this with little puff sleeves, and it was all white satin and chantilly lace, just like this picture. Well, good. I'll go right down and get it. Oh, no, Unky. I wouldn't let you do that. Why not? If we can't find your mother's dress, we'll get the nearest thing to it. But, Unky, this is a very expensive dress. Oh? Marge is right. You've got to start watching expenses, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, I'm going to start right after the wedding. Poor Unky. You know, I've been figuring out what this wedding is costing you, Mr. Gildersleeve. I was lying awake the other night worrying about it. You were? I said to myself, Mr. Gildersleeve's furnishing the flowers, buying invitations, paying for music, giving a reception. Well, yes. And what are my parents furnishing? Me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what more could any girl want? Oh, Marge. If you two will excuse me, I have to get downtown. I've got some things to do. Unky. Yes, my dear? You're not going down and look at that wedding dress, are you? Me? No. If I have to buy one, I'll get something inexpensive. After all, I'll only be wearing it once. Well, walking down that aisle is a pretty important occasion, isn't it, Bronco? Yes, sir. I can't wait until May 10th. (laughs) See you later, (laughs) Anthony. 
Nothing but women around here. Must be getting close to the oval room. For some reason, I don't feel very comfortable in this end of the store. Hope nobody sees me. Yelder! Oop. <laughs> Judge Hooker. Judge, what are you doing up here among the wedding gowns? Pretty dangerous for an eligible bachelor like you. Not as dangerous for me as it is for you, Gildy. You're a fatter catch than I am. <laughs> Old goat, stop cackling, Horace. Everybody's looking at you. As a matter of fact, I was cutting through to the three-quarter length socks. What are you doing here, Gildy? Well, I'm down here to buy a wedding dress for Marjorie, Judge. Why don't you come along? What's the matter? Afraid to walk into the Oval Room alone? Well, there are a lot of women in there. Very well. I'll accompany you. Beautiful room, isn't it? Yeah. Quiet, too. Thick carpets. Yeah. Can hardly see my shoe tops. <laughs> Say, Hilly, look over there. You look over there, Judge. I'm looking over here. What? Models. My, is that a wedding gown? I think so, but let's keep moving, huh? Are you gentlemen interested in wedding gowns? Uh, yes, indeed, miss. At least my niece is. Oh, well, do you like the one being modeled? That blonde wedding gown? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Gildy, whatever happened to Marjorie's mother's wedding dress? Uh, we can't find a Judge, but I'm here to get one just like it. Uh, miss. Yes? You have a dress here that my niece rather liked. Oh, can you describe it? Uh, well, uh, it's um, white satin, has a neckline sort of like this, and uh, little puffy sleeves, and there's a lot of uh, chantilly lace. Chantilly lace. There's nothing like the fragile gossamer beauty of chantilly lace. Like a fleecy cloud hovering around the bride. Oh, brother. <laughs> All right, Judge, come out of the clouds. Uh, you know the one I have in mind, miss? I'm sure I do. It's quite expensive. It is? Gildy, aren't you going overboard on Marjorie's wedding? Well, Horace, it's taken about all I've saved for a rainy day, but what the heck? Let's spend it for a sunny day. That's a nice attitude, Gildy. Of course, I'll have to cut down on cigars and lunches for a little while. But at a time like this, what's another 50 bucks for a wedding dress? Here's the dress. Isn't it lovely? Oh, that's it, all right. Nice long train. Beautiful. It's $135. A hundred and Zeke? <laughs> no, 135 uh, He heard you, miss. Uncle Mort. Yeah, Marjorie. Well, hello, Marjorie. Hello, Judge. Uncle Mort, I thought I'd find you here. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle, you've spent too much money already. I forbid you to buy that dress. Well, I had no idea it was that expensive. May I show you something else? No, thanks, miss. We're just cutting through to the three-quarter length socks. <laughs> I hope they're out of them. See you later, Marjorie. Come along, The Great Gildersleeve will be right back, folks. Ladies, right now in your grocer's dairy case, there's a wonderful surprise package for you. It's a neat square package that looks as though it holds a solid square of cheese. But this amazing package holds eight big sandwich-sized slices of delicious pasteurized processed cheese. They're the wonderful Kraft Deluxe Slices, cut, wrapped, and sealed by Kraft. Yes, right after this fine processed cheese is pasteurized, it's cut into generous slices by a marvelous new craft invention. Then these slices are wrapped, ate to each neat half-pound package, and sealed. That's right, sealed by Kraft. You can be sure each Kraft Deluxe cheese slice is clean and sanitary. You can be sure each Kraft Deluxe slice is perfect, too. 
No slivers or broken pieces, but each big slice a golden square of wonderful eating. With Crafty Lux slices handy, you can fix tempting snacks and sandwiches or even a fancy cheese tray easier and more quickly than ever before. And whatever you make with Crafty Lux slices will be extra delicious because this cheese is so rich and mellow tasting. You can get Crafty Lux slices in four favorite craft kinds Craft American, Pimento, Swiss, and Sharp Old English brand. So pick your favorite tomorrow. And when you see amazingly neat packages marked Craft Deluxe Slices in your grocery's dairy case, remember this. You actually get eight big, perfect, easy-to-separate slices of cheese. Take a package home and see for yourself. Once you discover convenient, delicious Craft Deluxe Slices, you'll never buy cheese slices any other way. get back to the great Gildersleeve. Yes, sir. By George, Marjorie's a sensible girl. Not letting me spend $135 I don't have. Still, we have to have a wedding gown. Hello, PV. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. (laughs) What can I do for you today? You can give me a half dozen cigars, PV. Very well. And charge them till after the wedding. (laughs) Only kidding, my friend. But I'll have to admit this wedding's getting pretty expensive. Peavy, you've got no idea how expensive a wedding can be. Well, I should. I married Mrs. Peavy. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm still paying. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm talking about, Peavy, is the expenses before the wedding. It's costing me $500 to give the bride away. My, my. But it's going to be a nice church wedding. We're going to have an organ, a soprano, and everything. We have everything but the wedding dress. You can't have a church wedding without a dress. Well, Marjorie planned to wear her mother's, but we can't find it. And guess what one like it costs at the Oval Room, Peavy? I hate to think. $135. You don't say. Yes, sir. <laughs> Too steep for me, Peavy. After all, a girl only wears a wedding dress once. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> what? Mrs. Peavy's cousin Ida used hers six times In five different states Oh, my goodness Cousin Ida liked to travel (laughs) Yeah, I can see that By the way, Mr. Gildersleeve There's no reason why Mrs. Peavy's wedding dress shouldn't be used again Do you suppose Marjorie would wear it? Marjorie? It's a beautiful dress And as you say, you've been put to a lot of expense Well, I don't know I'd consider it quite an honor to have Marjorie wear that dress And so would Mrs. Peavy Well, by George, that's nice of you I'm sure Marjorie would be honored to wear it I'll phone and have Mrs. Peavy get it ready for her Fine, you think it'll fit Marjorie? Well, when Mrs. Peavy and I were married She was about Marjorie's size I remember carrying her across the threshold (laughs) (laughs) I got tangled up in the train (laughs) Oh, does the dress have a train, Peavy? Mr. Gildersleeve, that dress has everything but a bell and a whistle. (laughs) Good. I'll pick it up. Uh, Marjorie? Yes, Uncle? I've got a surprise for you. Well, it's something nice that Mr. and Mrs. Peavy sent you. A wedding present? Why don't you open it and see? All right. 
Oh, by the way, Yankee, I almost forgot. Bronco's mother called. Mrs. Uh, Thompson? Yes, she's on her way over. Oh, fine. What's she coming over for? Well, she didn't say. But please, Yankee, when she gets here, don't start an argument. Marjorie, nobody has to start an argument with Mrs. Thompson. <laughs> well, be nice to her. All right, I'll be so sweet to her, she won't even recognize me. Well, let's open the box, Uncle. Yeah, here, wait a minute. I'll break the string for you. I can hardly wait to see what it is. Yeah, there's something that'll make you very, very happy. Oh, somebody's wedding dress. It's yours, my dear. The Peavies want you to wear it. Well, that's awfully sweet of the Peavies, Uncle Mort, but I can't wear this. Why not? Hold it up. You see? It has a train, everything but a bell and a whistle. <laughs> but, Uncle, it has one of those old-fashioned bustles. Say, it has, hasn't it? Peavy didn't mention the caboose. <laughs> we could uncouple that, my dear. Wedding dresses don't grow on trees, you know. Oh, that's probably Mrs. Thompson. I'll put the dress away. Yeah, I've got it, Bertie. Well, Mother Thompson. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> nice to see you. Yes, indeed. Won't you come in? Thank you. My, you're looking fine today, Mrs. Thompson. Fit as a fiddle. Bull, that is. Is that, Mr. Gildersleeve? I said you're looking fine. You look well, too. <laughs> well, thank you. This is quite a surprise seeing you. As they say, if I'd known you were coming, I'd have baked the cake. <laughs> is Marjorie here, Mr. Gildersleeve? Uh, yeah, yeah, she's upstairs. She'll be down in a minute. Yes, indeed. It's nice to see you, Mrs. Thompson. What are you doing these days? Keeping busy, are you? Yes, I'm keeping busy. Well, good. Are you keeping busy? Me? <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm the water commissioner, you know. I know. That's why I wondered. <laughs> I wonder what you meant by that. Oh, hello, Mrs. Thompson. Hello, Marjorie, my dear. I can't stay. I just dropped by to leave this package for you. Oh, for me? Well, Bronco came home and told us how high the wedding expenses are running, and this is something I'd like to do to help out. Isn't that nice? I brought you my wedding dress. Oop. Not another one. What was that, Mr. Gilsey? Uh, I said, uh, I'll bet it's a lovely one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very thoughtful of you, Mrs. Thompson. Don't mention it, my dear. I know that a wedding dress is a very difficult thing to get. Not around here, it isn't. <clears throat> uh, won't you come into the living room and sit down, Mrs. Thompson? Thank you, my dear. Excuse me, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oop! Right on my corn. <laughs> I hope that isn't somebody else with a wedding dress. Judge! Oh, how we danced on the night we were wed. <laughs> What's in that package, Jolson? <laughs> This is my sister Clarissa's wedding gown oh. for Marjorie. <laughs> I knew it. But just... Now, now, Gildy, old friend, this is something I want to do for you and Marjorie. I drove over to my sister's house at Atherton, and Clarissa and I spent three hours burrowing in the attic. Yes. Now, but... Gildy, I insist. If... Since Marjorie couldn't find her mother's dress, I knew she'd like to be married in a dress furnished by an old friend. Uh, how can you refuse a sentimental old goat? Who is it, Anki? Uh, hello, Marjorie. Oh, hello, Judge. Uh, Marjorie, we don't have to let Mrs. Thompson know, but the judge brought you his sister's wedding dress. But... It's beautiful, Marjorie. Eggshell crepe de chine with a forget-me-not bodice, 
and a penny point wimple. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, oh, thank you, Judge. Thank you very much. <sighs> I guess Marjorie's crying because she's so happy to have a wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I've been here about 15 minutes. Bertie, is Marjorie in her room? I noticed her door is closed. Yes, sir. She's been up there most all day. She has? There's a girl with too many wedding gowns on her hands. You're so right, Bertie. And none of them hers. Well, people are trying to be nice. Yes, sir. But she don't want no secondhand dress, Mr. Gillsleeve. You're so right, Bertie. She wants a dress of her own. I know, Bertie. I'm going up and have a talk with her. Marjorie! I'm in my room, Uncle. May I come in? If you like. Oh, looking out the window, eh? Marjorie, Bertie and I were just talking about the wedding dresses. What am I going to do, Uncle? Well... I don't want to offend the Peavies. No, I know you don't. And the judge was a dear to drive all the way over to his sister's to borrow her dress. Yeah. And I can't refuse Mrs. Thompson. Yeah, I thought of that. <clears throat> it's not a good idea to offend your mother-in-law. <laughs> Marjorie... Yes, Uncle. Why don't you go up in the attic and take one last look for your mother's dress? But you and Leroy were up there only yesterday. Well, we could have missed it. I might have looked right at it and never seen it. Run along, my dear. <laughs> Been up there quite a while. I'm hungry. Leroy, you're always hungry. We don't eat till all the family is here. Where's Marge? She's keeping a little kid from getting his vitamins. <laughs> She's up in the attic, my boy, looking for her mother's wedding dress. How can she find it if we couldn't? Well, maybe she has better eyes than we have. <laughs> oh! She must have seen a mouse. She must have seen something. Uncle? Oh, Uncle? Yes, my dear? Uncle, look what I found. Well, you found your mother's dress. Bertie, she found the dress. Hold it up to your shoulders, Marjorie. All right. Oh. Oh, it's absolutely the most beautiful wedding dress a girl ever had. It sure is, Miss Marjorie. Yeah. Yeah, that's keen. How'd we miss it, Unc? Yeah, Leroy, let's go wash for dinner. Okay. Huh? Bertie, dinner will have to wait. I've got to try it on. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you sure love that dress, don't you? Oh, yes, Bertie. I love it just as much as if it were Mother's. Ain't it your mother? Look, Bertie. Land alive. Hogan Brothers. A hundred and thirty-five dollars. We mustn't let Unky know he forgot to take off the price tag. hear from the great Gildersleeve again very shortly. For a grand surprise when you're shopping tomorrow, look in your grocer's dairy case for the newest thing in cheese slices. You'll see a neat square package marked Kraft Deluxe Slices. It's such a neat package, you'll be amazed to discover it holds eight big sandwich-sized slices of cheese. They're Kraft Deluxe Slices, cut 
wrapped and sealed by Kraft right after this fine processed cheese is pasteurized. Every slice is perfect, easy to separate, and protected by Kraft all the way to your kitchen. Tomorrow, get mellow good Kraft Deluxe Slices in your favorite Kraft kind. Kraft American, Pimento, Swiss, and Sharp Old English brand. For quick and easy cheese snacks and sandwiches, you'll be delighted with Kraft Deluxe Slices. Hello, Peavy. What can I do for you today, Mr. Gildersleeve? I brought your wife's dress back, Peavy. Marjorie's very grateful to you both, but she found a wedding dress up in the attic. Oh, her mother's? Well, uh, yes, Peavy. Uh, one I bought for her mother. Oh, that's nice. A memory like that's a fine thing at a wedding. Yeah. I think I'll have some lunch, Peavy. Very well. Would you like the blue plate, 60 cents? 60 cents? It's the businessman's special. Yeah. No, thanks, Peavy. Just give me a 10-cent sandwich and a glass of water. <laughs> What kind of a lunch is that? The water commissioner's special. <laughs> Good night, folks. The Great Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. This show was written by Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White, with music by Jack Meekin. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. Here in America, most of us have plenty to say about what's wrong with our economic system, and we have the right and the freedom to say what we think. Certainly our economic system isn't perfect, but let's remember this. It's provided more jobs, shorter working hours, better pay, better homes, more to eat, more downright good living than any other system in the world. By all pulling together, we can make this system work even better for all of us. How? Right for the free booklet, the Miracle of America, which explains what you and I can do. The address, Box 10, Times Square Station, New York City. friends from april 19th 1950 now i tell you didn't i tell you that that was going to be a very neat and very special episode very unusual episode as i would think that was more dramatic than it was funny and i really really enjoyed it hope you did too as uh, well they they came up finally they found marjorie's wedding dress in the attic but i wonder did Gildersleeve go out and buy a brand new dress for Marjorie, or did he really find that dress up in the attic, hidden somewhere? I guess, I guess that's going to have to be a mystery. I guess I'll have to change my plans. At least that's not what Marjorie's going to say, because now she's going to get to wear the wedding dress she wanted to wear. Speaking of which, here is our house singer. He has a perfect song. I guess I'll have to change my plans. 
Here is Bing Crosby on Sounds Like Radio. I guess I'll have to change my plan. I should have realized there'd be another man. I overlooked that point completely until a big affair began. Before I knew where I was at, I found myself upon the shelf, and that was that. I tried to reach the moon, but when I got there, all that I could get was the end. My feet are back upon good ground. I've lost the one girl I found I guess I'll have to change my plan I should have realized I'm gonna be another man I overlooked that point completely Before that big affair began My boiling point is much too low For me to try to be a fly The very old I tried to reach the moon But when I got there All that I could get My feet are back upon good ground I lost the one girl She was a good girl I lost the one girl I found Well, Bing, you may have to change your plans but not Marjorie. <laughs> she found that wedding dress. Now she can go ahead just as planned. And yeah, this show's about wedding dresses and getting married. But you know who's a special, a specialty, a, a real exploit at setting up marriages and getting people together? I don't know why she's so worried about it, but she is. She likes to hold what she calls her matrimonial mart where she sets up people, sort of acts as a matchmaker. I'm talking about the great Sophie Tucker. Now, I've talked about this album. This is one of the very first, uh, what you might call, adult albums that I ever had. I got this album when I was only four years old. We went to Zayer's department store. I was looking through albums. Even at young age, I loved records. I was looking through albums, and I found this Sophie Tucker album called Bigger and Better Than Ever. I believe this was the same time that I also found the Ink Spots album that I often play, my original old Ink Spots album. But this was the record I found bigger and better than ever with Sophie Tucker. And one of the great songs on this album is called Sophie's Matrimonial Mart. This is my original old album all the way back from when I was only four years old. And that was about, oh, five, six years ago. Yeah, never mind that. Here is the great Sophie Tucker and Sophie's Matrimonial Mart. Sophie, you're up. Take it away on 
Sounds Like Radio. I wonder if any of you ladies have read the Lonely Hearts ads in the Sunday papers. If you've read them, then you girls must know that there are a lot of lonely men. Some of them are widowers who would like to marry again. Some of them are bachelors who have mixed but never made it. And some of them tried marriage and were finally renovated. Now, I've often thought that if these men could get the opportunity of getting together with some of you girls, who too are lonely as can be. So with that in mind, I have decided to start an enterprise known as Sophie's Matrimonial Mart, where you can meet your mate, set the date, you can get the cheapest rate at Sophie's Matrimonial Mart. I've got guys just your size, you can make the smartest buys at Sophie's Matrimonial Mart. Now to bring you these rare bargains, no expense has been spared. They've all been reconditioned and they've all been repaired. You'll be satisfied, enthused, they've been used but not abused at Sophie's Matrimonial Mart. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a matrimonial auction sale right here tonight. And you know that good old square deal Sophie is gonna treat you right. Right now I'm overloaded with men, I have a surplus stock, and every man I have on hand will be put on the auction block. There'll be no down payments, all easy terms, I make the craziest deals. And right here and our girls, you can buy these men just like you buy your automobiles. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. This is my annual outlet sale. Once a year I let them out. New models are coming out and I must get rid of the old ones. And all I ask of you is to make me an offer. Just make me an offer and girls, girls, my layaway plan is the greatest. Here we are, here is my winter catalog and here is a picture of one of my rare bargains. There you are, my four star special. Smart looking 64, genuine army surplus from the Spanish American War. He's been very well taken care of. He belonged to me for years. And believe me, girls, he can still climb a hill without shifting any gears. Now, what am I bid? What am I bid? Do I hear 200? 200's bid will make it three. His moving parts are covered by a one-year guarantee. 300 once, 300 twice, 300 seems quite fair. Going, 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 gone, sold to that lady over there. He's all yours, madam. Don't ride him too hard or you'll get stuck in the mud. Here we are, number two, all dressed up in his golfing knickers. There you are, a real weekender, also a weak beginner. I got him in England, left over from the coronation. And this altar cocker is fully equipped. There you are, my oldest model, who's been rebuilt for sport. Has only one fault, he loves to stop at every motor court. He's no good on cold mornings, kinda hard to start. So don't you push this hot rod kit too far or else he'll fall apart. Now, what am I bid? Do I hear 200? 300's bid will make it fall. He may have blown a gasket, but he's worth the price of all. 400 once, 400 twice, 400 seems okay. Going, 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 gone, sold to that widow from Iowa. I'll wheel him in, madam, right after the show. Here you are, number three. Get a load of that physique. He must have been Mae West's muscle man. There you are, this one has a hard top. 
a lot of speed but no control there you are he's got a lot of mileage his body is okay too gives a great performance every night just as good as you before me he had one owner an old dame named mrs brown she kept him on her big estate and they never went to town now what am i bid do i hear 300 300 bid who'll make it four as georgie goble says you just can't get these kind of guys no more 400 once, 400 twice, he'll stand the wear and tear. Going, 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 gone, so to that lady over there. I'll deliver him in the morning, madam. I'm using him myself tonight. There you are, this next one, ladies and gentlemen, I really hate to part with. I got him when he was first made. In fact, I helped make him. And girls, he's loaded front and rear. There you are, my piano player, Ted Shapiro, without any candelabra or curls. In his day, he used to run around with a lot of chorus girls. Well, I had to repossess him, and he still looks pretty good. And you can take my word for it, that there's plenty of power left under the hood. Now, what am I bid? What am I bid? Do I hear 100? 100 bid will make it two. I personally guarantee he'll be good until 1962. 200 once, 200 twice. Piano players are red. Going, 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 gone. So, to that bidder over there. Who got me? Oh, my God, I just sold you to Liberace. Girls, come around at two. Oh, dear. I'll have plenty men for you. Oh. At Sophie's Matrimonial Mart. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, poor Ted Shapiro. He got sold to Liberace. <laughs> the great Sophie Tucker... From a wonderful album, Bigger and Better Than Ever. I can't believe I listened to that when I was four years old. But I did, and I loved it. I saw Sophie Tucker on The Ed Sullivan Show, and that's how I must have been familiar with Sophie Tucker, because, yeah, that's right, she was long before my time, except she was still alive in the 60s, and that's when she was on The Ed Sullivan, and that's when I became sort of a fan of Sophie Tucker from seeing her there. And Ted Shapiro was indeed her piano player. He played the piano along with Sophie talking and singing. And Ted Shapiro is also pictured on the album cover, Bigger and Better Than Ever, which we'll post here next to our program so you can see the album that I'm talking about. Bigger and Better Than Ever from Sophie Tucker. Now, Sophie, she's just fine, but I don't think Al Jolson would be interested in Sophie Tucker because he's looking for... And Sophie doesn't sound like this. He's looking for an old-fashioned girl in a gingham gown. Sophie, with those sparkles on and that new-fashioned way of hers, I, I don't think she's the girl for Al. Here is the great Al Jolson and an old-fashioned girl in a gingham gown. Take it, Al! An old-fashioned girl in a gingham gown has stolen my heart away an old-fashioned girl with her eyes of brown promised that she'd name the day i never knew what bliss is until i tasted your Sweet kisses, that's why a girl in a king of a gown 
stolen my heart away. I love it. There is nothing like a great song than by the great world's greatest entertainer, as he was known, than by the great Al Jolson. And that was Al Jolson. Ah, sample of his greatness there. Yeah, yeah, man. I love to hear that guy sing. I used to listen to his craft music hall every night when I ate dinner. I had the portable tape recorder sitting on my dining room table. I'd turn it on and listen to one of his half-hour craft music hall programs. And that's how I really, I think that's how I really became such a fan of Al Jolson. I remember my dad used to love Al Jolson. He used to sing out songs like Al Jolson. He was a little tone deaf, but he still sang them songs loudly. He loved it. Anyway, that was the great Al Jolson. I hope you enjoyed listening to Al. I know I do. All right, friends, we will be back again next time for more Sounds Like Radio, more Great Gildersleeve, and more fantastic music. Until then, I am your humble host for Sounds Like Radio saying so long for now. Goodbye, everybody, and thanks for listening.